Welcome to Look Behind the Look, the new podcast that examines iconic looks in film, television, music, and fashion history. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. Hello, strangers. So, we took a break, as you can see. And if I were to do a look behind the look of look behind the look, I would talk about the behind the scenes work of Kelly Riley, who takes my brain basically and gets it under control. She creates the graphics and edits the episodes. And as you can tell from our content, I tend to be a runaway train that needs to make several stops, but I don't like stopping. So she sort of uh, reins it all in. And we went on pause to catch up a little and Kelly created some new visuals and such. And I'd love to get your feedback on it all so please take a look at our social and our channel and let us know what you think you should always uh, check out the YouTube channel for the episodes by the way just so you can see the looks that we're talking about I know I say that every week so I wasn't very good at taking this break you guys so I did a lot of interviews and I can't wait to share them with you the one that you're gonna hear today is with Angie Wells so we talked the morning after the Critics Choice Awards and yes she was nominated for one. And if you haven't seen Promising Young Woman, I don't know what you are waiting for. It's fantastic. And Angie's role as makeup department head and personal to Carrie Mulligan is extremely important to the film and part of what makes it so great. It's a really, 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 really cool, innovative, interesting um, film with a extraordinary script. And I wanna hear what you think about it. So let me know if you liked it. If you didn't like it, let me know. Angie is a two-time Emmy nominee nominated makeup artist. She's an IATSE member, of course, an MUAHS, I always have a hard time saying that, Guild Award nominee. You've seen her incredible work in Mudbound, Harriet, Sylvie's Love, and most recently, of course, Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan, which we are going to talk about today. So enjoy our conversation and remember to subscribe and watch along on YouTube if you haven't already so you can see all the looks that we're talking about. Thanks, guys. Hi, Angie. Thank you so okay, much for joining me today. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is such a pleasure. Um, the woman who does our editing and all the graphics for the uh, podcast, she's sort of the creative director of the podcast. This movie changed her whole life. And, you know, wow. she was like, we have to get Angie. So I was so, so, so grateful when you um said agreed to come on and I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about promising young woman which is an extraordinary film and i wanted to as i was researching you i also saw that you are a jazz singer yes, and that's i thought I, I wanted to talk about that for a second because i just feel like that's something that was so fascinating to me you are such an accomplished amazing talent and how do you balance those two things in your career because you are working all the time in makeup and how do you find that balance it's interesting um what i was doing was you know working through the fall and the winter and spring and then summer i wouldn't take a project so that i could go tour ah. um you know in europe uh, i uh, have toured extensively in France um, and the, the pianist there that I work with uh, that I did an album with and he and I um, 
do quite a bit of work together over there. So um, I obviously didn't go this last summer. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, I don't think I've, it's all sort of running together now. Like I can't remember, did I go the summer of 2018 <laughs> or was I there in 2018? I mean, just like this last year and a half has just kind of been like a weird blur. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting balance. And then I try to do some local gigs while, you know, I'm here in LA. Um, so, and then I'll be this year for the last, I guess the last three years with the exception of last year, because I had to go to New York to perform in some things, but I normally sing at the, uh, makeup guild awards. I sing the, uh, the memorial. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll be singing that again this year. I mean, of course, it's virtual, but um, that's great. We'll record our session ahead of time with my band and kind of go from there. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, what is the timing of this project of Promising Young Woman? When did you film it before the shutdown? Or yes, we shot this actually in the. Okay, let me do. Let me do get my mind right. Right. Again. Right. We shot this late spring of 2019 so it was like late march april and i believe we finished the last week in april because i remember i was so exhausted i booked myself to go to a spa retreat (laughs) like on may 2nd so (laughs) rightfully so you deserve that yes I can't imagine the amount of heavy lifting that you had for this film. It was. Well, it was, it was, you know, it was really, it it was a short shoot. Oh, okay. It was actually very time demanding. I mean, you know, we had lots of looks in one day and, you know, you had like, okay, you got 10 minutes to make that change. And we're not going back to the trailer. So you're going to have to do it in this Uh other room. Always sort of like being prepared for anything all the time, wherever you were, because we had such time constraints that there were often days where there was just no time to go back to the makeup trailer to change Carrie's look. So we would be changing her look, whatever house we were in or wherever we were. And they would bring sometimes this little extra trailer for us to, to change her makeup. So yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was fast. Yes. Fast and quick. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so did you ever have to do blow up doll look and then take it down and go back to it or? No, how- they were very, Emerald was very conscious of that. Thank God, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, we were, we had a lot of time constraints. They couldn't, they, there was no time to sort of like go back and forth. So we really pretty much shot things in a way that we didn't have to do that, which I'm grateful. Yes. Because that would have been quite difficult <laughs> because the looks were so different. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So so first, before I, I almost am jumping to developing those looks, but before we do that, how, how did you come to the project? Um, Carrie requested me. Um, I had worked with Carrie on... Uh, Mudbound. Okay. We just clicked and she was really lovely. Um, And I really just, I liked her energy and she liked what I did for her. Um, And what was that? What was that? She liked what I did for her. Like, what do you? She liked the look. Yes. The look was natural, Mm -hmm. but 
know, because that was a very, her character in that story was very plain, soft-spoken woman. And so we had to see her go from sort of this um, woman who lived in, uh, you know, a, a, a major Southern city to suddenly move out on a mud farm with her husband. Um, so I had to take her from this sort of plain but refined young lady to someone who, you know, was out in the mud all day and not happy and, you know, life was hard. So she liked, I guess, the the way, you know, we did that transition. And I know that the one of the nights that uh, we, we had a party scene before her character devolved into the miserable life on the farm and uh, her hubby came to set and he said, she looks so pretty. It's like, I really like her makeup. And so that made me feel, real, feel really good. Well, yeah, if, uh-huh. they, if they recognize it, then, you know, you've accomplished something, right? Yeah, you think that I really like your makeup. And I think also, you know, she had just had, she was um, still nursing Evie. Um, and um, there was a scene in Mudbound where she had to like bite calluses off, off of her fingers. Now, I was a nursing mother when I had my son. And I remember saying to myself, I do not want her to have some weird chemical in her mouth while she's trying to nurse this baby. Like, just, just, I just don't want that for her. So I was thinking, okay, what can I do for calluses that will look natural, but I know won't be harmful? So I decided to take golden raisins and flatten them out and spread them out. And they did. They looked just like old calluses. And she was able to bite them off. And I felt like, okay, I'm not there's no chance that like her baby's getting going to get any weird chemical or anything in her <laughs> nursing, you know, just as a nursing mom, a mom who had nursed, I, I was like, you know, so vigilant with everything. So I wanted to pass that same vigilance on for her yes. and consciousness of safety that I had for myself. And, and then how I did, they, how did they adhere? They were just gummy enough to, to adhere. They were gummy enough that I was just able to kind of tack them down. Um, and it worked very innovative that's great that's great i know you're like it's just a light bulb that came on (laughs) that's great so so then you when you read the script for this so carrie's like i'm working on something and i want you and you read the script and were you just blown away it's so unlike anything that's i compare it sometimes to people who ask like to heathers of this generation but you know um I, I just, it's so creative, so innovative, and you must have just been so excited and just like, let's get to it. What's the first thing you did? Um, after, well, I think I remember that when I was reading this script, it, my my agent said, yeah, they, they said that the, like the makeup, I think you're going to see the makeup's a character yes. in its own. Um, so I was reading the script and when I got literally, like, I can't remember what page number it was, but it's the scene where she sits up in the bed and says, what are you doing? Yes. Yes. I was sold. It was like, (laughs) okay, this is going to be a twister because you know, you're reading along. I'm like, Oh God, this guy's gonna, she's going to get taken advantage of. This is going to make you say you're like reading it with your heart in your mouth. Like, Oh God. And then suddenly there's like the twist. And I was hooked. Yay. Oh, of course, of course. So then, so then I read somewhere, I think it was in Variety, that you were talking about how you wanted a DIY aspect to her face. And that is much harder than 
to execute than you would think. I'm sure Carrie, you know, knows how to do her makeup, you know what I mean? It has a certain routine. So how did you go about teaching her how to make it look like a YouTube t- tutorial? I think you compared it to, which was like too much highlighter and... Yes, yes, I, I actually did that. Yes. But yes, it's like too much concealer, not properly, I mean, sorry, too much contour, not properly blended, you know, <laughs> not- not not flawlessly blended. You know, it's blended, but there's a little something that's <laughs> not quite finished about it. Um, you know, just just making sure that I didn't do perfection. Yes. That was the, the thing. I wanted it to look like this was somebody who had, you know, sat and looked at these uh, YouTube videos and hence, you know, practiced at home and did the best she could. Yes. Um, Yes. with what she had. And so it was important to me that it did not look perfect because I felt like if it looked like she didn't do it, then we, we were taking people out of the story. Yes, it was, it was, it was such a unique look because my favorite one, I don't know why, and maybe you can, maybe you know why. My favorite one was when um, she's in a black dress and she's coming out and she's found by her boyfriend, right? Her homemade Kardashian look. That's what I call it. That's that one. Okay. I loved that look. I've seen it so many times on girls, you know, and it just made her look so different and convinced me she was the character 100%. And it it was so believable and also didn't take me out of it just like you're saying so so did you guys have fun coming up with these looks yeah how did oh. yeah how did you test yeah. them and some work what didn't work we didn't have a lot of time. okay <laughs> I think we shot this whole movie in like 23 or 24 days Angie, or something. So. that's amazing so the hours were like 17 18 no there was okay we had some long days. We did. We did. <laughs> and then, did you and Carrie come up with them? Did you come up with them? Execute them on Carrie? Present them to Emerald? What was the process of that? Yes, I basically um, what I did was I, you know, after reading the script, I jotted down some notes and I started pulling images that were kind of inspirational mm-hmm. for me. Shared those with Emerald. Made sure I was on the right track. Carrie was very open to whatever we felt that needed to be done um, to make the look go. So it was almost like she just sat in the chair and she let it happen. She, you know, it was like, this is, I'm gonna watch my character. I'm gonna watch myself become this person and then I'm gonna go with it. And she really was very open to allowing me to, to create it to create whatever the look was and have the freedom to create it with her blessing. Because Carrie had so many looks and she was in just about everything. Yes. Um, uh, I spent most of my time with her and then my key uh, did a lot of people and we had, I had another makeup artist come in for Laverne. So yes, we just, you know, it was one of those juggling things. It's just squeeze it in and do what you can. Yes. And now, I mean, you're you're in the awards circle. It's all buzzing. And I, how does that feel? Well, you know, it's been nice. It's we've, we've got a lot of buzz. We didn't really get to the finish line. I mean, you know, we got. 
I mean, what is that? You know, it's is it, it, it's all perspective, right? I mean, your name is there. That is amazing. With the in in the company of such ugh, incredible incredible makeup artists, and I I, I just I, I it must. But I wonder <laughs> how it feels. Like, are you a little bit like, oh no, it's the COVID year. <laughs> I want to go to the parties. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, we had a, had a had a bit of that. I mean, the other night we were laughing because my husband and I, um, you know, we did Critics' Choice, yeah. and so you know, we, I put on a quick little dress, and he put on like a tuxedo jacket and a shirt with it. He had his jeans on the bottom because we're sitting at the table like this, you know. And so, um, you know, all the lashes and the whole like glam for Aww. all of like 10 minutes while I was on camera doing this. Yes! And, and then that was it. It was over. We like changed our clothes and sat back down. But yeah, I do. I, I have to admit, you know, I miss all the wonderful socializing that usually I happens know. with awards season. Um, well, though, there's, I, I have a feeling there's going to be another nomination for you down the line. A hundred percent. So there, there will be the live experience for sure. <laughs> but I, I, hope so. I, I know so. I know so. I mean, the the work you did in this movie is just phenomenal. And what what were some of the things that you depended on um, working with when you like? Are there any products or um, things that you swore by in the that you found yourself going to over and over again? Um. Uh. Yes. Um, there is a company called Kosas who makes like these wonderful tinted lip balms. I used those for Carrie um, when she was her regular Cassie character, not when she was doing her disguises. And they're very sheer, but they had a nice tint and moisture to the lip without looking like a lipstick. Um, so that was something that I just, I, I used on her every day that she wasn't, or for every scene where she wasn't, you know, so, so there was, gone. did you have names for each of the carries? Like, did you have, you know, the family, the one at the breakfast table and the one at the coffee shop and then these disguises, did they have different names? You know, some of them I did name, um, just behaving like, you know, obviously homemade Kardashian. Um, then there was co coffee shop Cassie because, you know, that was a, coffee a, shop another Cassie. That's cute. coffee shop Cassie. And um, then I guess the other one that I named um, was the nurse. I mean, it was just the nurse yeah. because that was, you know, its own its own look altogether. Yes. So. so we didn't talk about the nurse. Tell me about tell me about the development of that nurse. Oh, the nurse was my, I think it's going to be the next Halloween costume for everybody, right? That's what everybody <laughs> like that is going to be the Halloween costume for sure. Um, yeah, the nurse was interesting for me because it was kind of like, I wanted her to reflect a little bit of a blow up doll, yes. but with an edge to it. So it was like the wide eyes, you know, big eye look, you know, overly drawn lip, um, look but then with like an edge of a little bit scary yeah. a little how bit did you do edgy. that um that was the eye thing um so what i did with her was a trick that we use quite often um to make an eye look larger and what i did with carrie is you you, you put the liner on beneath the waterline but you make quite a bit of distance um so underneath the lashes 
not in the lashes, not in the waterline, but underneath. Uh, so basically what you've done is you've given space to create the illusion of a wider or a larger white of eye. So I filled that space, that blank space in with a nude uh, shade of a liner. And it basically creates the illusion that the, the eyes are much bigger. <gasps> but it's it's a strange bigger because it's it's abnormally bigger. It's almost like, do you remember the video Scream that uh, Kevin Aquine yeah. did with Jim? And you remember how big her eyes look? Of course. Well, it was that, it's that way that you create that illusion oh, for that giant eye. But that eye can look a little freaky. Yes. And so that's what I did with that. And then, and then you know, did you a, use a, a double lash? Double lash. Uh, did you use a coal pencil or? Um, I used, uh, I used eyeshadow, eyeshadow and liner. And liner. So, and liner, um, and then I put a lower lash at that place where the the lash line was not. So beneath, so it creates this, Love it. you know, very giant. Love that eye, um, and I it, it gives an edge because it, it's not. It, it wasn't done in a beauty way. It was done in a way to kind of almost jar you. Yes, yes. I, I mean, it was successful <laughs> for sure <laughs> so angie how did you come to the movie world like how did you start um oh well it's definitely a crooked really oh yeah yeah i i was a, a science major no pre-med yeah like the whole deal and then i worked as a corporate trainer Stop um, it. I love this. <laughs> I, I love For this. a major insurance company years ago. I'm a little more mature than I look. So My God. I'm, I'm older than I look. And you, but, you, oh, you're saying you had like a, another whole life before. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, so, I can relate. So, I can relate. So, yeah. so you just only did makeup on yourself. Makeup was just your love. You did, you weren't even doing it on people at this point. Well, no, actually, when I was a teenager, it's kind of a really convoluted story. I modeled and my agent okay. noticed that I had sort of a natural talent. I was one of those like teen junior models, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, high fashion, the, the teenage kid type models. And um, she noticed that I had a knack for doing makeup. So she asked me to help some of our other new faces on their photo shoots to do, you know, fresh, clean looks. And that's kind of how I started. Um, in between there, you know, went to college, uh, got this job as a, you know, corporate trainer, ended up getting laid off from the, the uh, training department because the company pretty much made the training department smaller since the, they didn't generate money. Okay. And I was one of the people last in, first out. <laughs> so, and it was fine with me. And they had headhunters. They wanted us to, you know, go with, and after like I had two interviews and I thought, yeah, you know what, I don't want this. So I thanked them very much for their services for the headhunters. And I decided to go to cosmetology school, become a hairdresser. Oh, so I, I did it. that. And I was a hairdresser for a few years at some of the really nicest salons in the city that I lived in. And then I decided to become an image consultant. Like it was like always building mm. for me something else. So I would work with corporate women and you know do their wardrobes 
do their color analysis, help them with hair color, blah, blah, blah. So it's like a total image, you know, go through, come go to their homes and take out the pieces in their wardrobes that weren't, you know, flattering or weren't a good color Mm -hmm. for them. That whole total image thing. And, um, decided like, okay, I'm, I'm digging doing that. And, uh, then I got, there's a lot you're going to miss because I can't give you all the details. We'll just be here forever. <laughs> but, uh, but um, ended up, you know, uh, getting married a second time. And um, my husband had a job in Chicago. So we moved out of Philly. Oh, you were in moved Philly. Okay. I lived in Philly for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my hometown. Love it. I love it. Um, and we moved out of there in, uh, into a suburb of Chicago, and then they immediately sent him on the road. Like, we were newlyweds. I was suddenly home by myself. He would come home every two weeks for the weekend. Oh, it was no. terrible. <gasps> and I stayed there for like a year and finally came home one weekend. I said, you know what? I don't think I would have picked to live in Chicago by myself. So he said, well, where do you want to live? I mean, he said, I can come home anywhere on the weekend. So pick where you want to live. Oh, okay. Live might think that you want to do. He said, if money were no object, what would you do? And I was like, well, I think I'd like to move out to LA and do makeup full time. Like, I think I'm, I'm ready to like, you know, graduate to that. And so we planned a trip. I came out for the big makeup convention and set up some meetings at some of the makeup schools while I was here. Met with some people who I had been reading about thought that could mentor me, wrote them, met with them while I was here. Um, and was back here three months later, enrolled in uh, Westmore Academy. Oh, wow. And uh, working with the mentor who actually was helping run an agency. And she helped me. I was working the third day I was here, literally. Who who was the mentor? uh, Her name is Marietta Carter-Narcisse. Okay. Uh, She was probably one of the biggest Black makeup artists at that time. That was 20 some years ago. We were just on the phone last night. Oh, you're still in touch. We're still in touch. It's a funny circle too, because I've been able to like give her jobs now. It's like, remember when you helped me? I just called her last night. It's like, okay, so I'm sending this your way because I can't come over and do it. I love that. So yeah, so that's been great being able to... um, to do that. I really, really appreciate it being Oh, I love this story. I love this. So yeah, so you so, started that yeah. that was really the breakthrough and then you started doing films that way. Once yep, you got to LA, you hit the ground running. I did. Aww. I literally did it. And I hit the ground running as a department head. Oh um, my God. And I think what it was for me was that having come from, you know, my degree is in marketing and management. I finally, when I, you know, did go ahead and change my major and all that stuff. Um, So, and having worked in the corporate world, I understood it as a business and I knew what I wanted. And so I went after that. I wanted to be a department head and that's what I focused on, focused on learning how to run departments. And basically I've been a department head almost since I started. Isn't that something? So, so what would advice with your background in marketing and business and what do you see in the younger generation that you would like to give a blanket advice statement to? Um, I know think about yourself as a business and stuff, but like, what's that, what does that mean? Um, you know, I would say when you go in, if you want to be a department head, 
you have to think about this as a multifaceted job. You are not only there to do makeup and um, be the, the boss, which I don't really love that term because I don't think of myself that way. It's all a collaboration because without your great team, you're not great. Exactly. That's the reality. Um, but I think that you need to understand what's happening with the producers and what they need to get done, as well as what you need to get done in the trailer with the actors and with your staff. It is not just, I'm the boss, everybody do what I say, it's not that. Um, because the reality is it takes a village to make projects work. And we are, as department heads, I often feel the go-between between the producers and our staff. Um, so it's a, it's a collaboration all the way around. And I just think that, you know, understanding things like there is a budget, you need to work within it. There are time constraints. You need to understand how to work within that. There is scheduling. You need to understand that it's not just about makeup as a department head at all. And if you think that that's all it's about, you're not going to be successful. Right. I love that. That's so well put. And with all that, that you have to take in and balance and compartmentalize, like, how do you, decom I guess that's why you booked the spa on May 2nd. <laughs> so your family's like, Mom's working. She's balancing a business right now while this is happening. They're, they roll with it. And then you just show up after it's over and decompress. And, and then you get back to you. So you must be very selective with your projects. Is that the secret to doing that? Yes. I've gotten to a place where I can be selective um, and choose things that I feel matter to me. It's not just work for me. Um, and I have always kind of felt that way. Um, especially once I started taking more films, the story needs to, I need to feel something. Mm. <clears throat> and I need to feel that this movie is going to matter some way. Even if it's a lighthearted thing, if it's a family, you know, my next projects a family project <clears throat> that's important too because you know we need to have family projects oh my god i'm so sorry no don't worry because I, I i can edit this you can go get water yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i can edit it out well kelly kelly can <laughs> um yeah so it, it needs to matter so this this family story that i'm going to work on you know, we need family things. We need things that are like still a yeah. little bit innocent and still a little bit fun. You know, there are some kids that parents want to keep innocent. You know, my son will be 14 tomorrow and he's he's 14. He is not 14 going on 25. And I've worked very hard. My husband and I have worked very hard. I love that. To make sure that it's like that. Um, so, yes, that this movie is important to me because it's a nice, fun family story. It's something I feel that will contribute something. Um, 
valuable in that it offers a you know family a nice clean place for entertainment. Um, you know, the, the story of Promising Young Woman for me was something that was important. It needed to be told. It needed to show this thing that happens with nice guys that people don't think of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything I do, it, it has to have some kind of meaning. Um, the project I'm gonna work on after, <laughs> after this film um, is, um, is another project that means something to me. You mean um, two projects from now? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, You're in 2025, I'm right? <laughs> I'm actually booked through the end of the year. Oh, um, wonderful. That's great. That's great. So, That's great. You know, as of now. What a so, blessing. Uh, That's wonderful. Yeah, but everything I pick has to mean something, you know, and I love period. I'm a huge fan of period work. Um, I like, you know, either going back in time yes. and making it look as accurate as possible so that people can really get lost in the story. I'm hoping someday that, you know, I'll get a call for something that's futuristic. I'd like that. Yes. So that I could that like, you know, make my own period. I was you know? thinking that there's not enough futuristic stuff because, you know, what what can you make up that we don't already have? You can like, you know, teleporting and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little spoiled in the tech department, I think. Yes, we've gotten these days. I mean, my, my God, God, I remember as a kid, like them talking about, there's going to be a day where you're going to be able to like, talk to somebody and see them on your phone and we thought yeah, wow that sounds so that's jetsons, so jetsons you know? yes jetson so, we are the jetsons right. i know we are the jetsons yes exactly totally. we have evolved to the jetsons totally so, you know, all we're getting to next is when our cars fly i know, you know? <laughs> which would be great <laughs> but this project after this one did you is that one period yes oh wonderful okay for now the one that's coming up now is not period it's it's current day but like okay. i said it's a family story which i felt was important but the one after this um is period and um, it involves <clears throat> some uh social consciousness that i'm very um attached to oh wonderful leave in um i believe in unfortunately we have to make people aware of sadly some of the ugly in life you know it is yes. what it is so. yes but that brings me to a question that that i was going to ask you just for the moms out there how do you my son will be 12 um he's a pisces too so he'll be 12 next week but yeah. you know and how do you keep keep him how do you keep your son innocent how do your husband and you roll like that like because he, if he watches the news for five seconds i'm suddenly telling him what you know, promising young woman's about. <laughs> and I'm like, how? Do, wow, what is the words coming out of my mouth? You're 12. <laughs> so how do you how do you do it? Um, you know, I think what it it is is that <clears throat> when he was really, you know, young, we did we were like one of the last parents to like give in to okay, you can have a phone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we were really like late with it, and yep. we wanted it. Yeah, way. yeah. Um, and then, you know, teaching him things like, um, you know, you don't, you don't get on the phone during dinner. Yes. Manners. Manners. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, it would be weird because we'd be out places and all the other kids at the table would be on the phone and he'd look at us and we'd look at him and like, mm -mm. 
And then, you know, like a, a mother would say, oh, well, you know, we're thinking of this. And we're sorry, we don't do that. Like when we have a meal together, we, we have a meal yes, together. Yes. Kind of, Call me old fashioned. Yes. I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I think just sort of setting up his life that way. Now, of course, there are things that he knows, but there's a there's a part of him that's sort of like, I don't want to know that. Okay. Yeah, you know, I know. I've right. got time for that. I'm like, Good. I have no interest in that. And there are things where he'll go like, oh, this is awkward. This is awkward. Like, I, I don't want to see this. And, you know, he doesn't even like to see people kissing. Too. Right, so, right, right. Oh, he's so sweet. Oh. What what does he well, want to do? Does he does he know about films and what you do? Does is he interested? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He used to want to be a marine biologist. Okay. He, he talked about that from the time he was three and he had this like expansive knowledge of the ocean and sea creatures. And we would take him down to the Long Beach Aquarium. And at like six, he would stand in front of the tanks and like act like a tour guide. So cute. That is. And people would be like, he should work here. <laughs> like, and that's a so-and-so. And this is a blah, blah, blah. And they do this. And and it does that. And, and I, we would actually have sometimes some of the workers come over and say, when he gets to be 12, like you should get him down here in the program because Aww. he would be great. I mean, when he was five, he asked us, we had gone to visit my mom and there was a an exhibit at the Natural History Museum on bioluminescence. And he's like, I want to go see that bioluminescence exhibit. Stop it. And you were into science too. So this makes sense. I was. That comes from him. But comes from me. Yes, exactly. But, you know, I think, you know, he's lost. He's, he's kind of waning. Now he seems more like he might be into some type of a tech job. Okay. You know, with designing things or, and then I think, the last year, they've all been so like with oh Zoom, God. Zoom, Zoom, like everything. It's tech. It's I feel bad for them because there's, you know, he's 13. He should be hanging out with his I friends, know. maybe going to a movie. You know. Soon. 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 Yes. The next two movies that you make, you'll be able to to all go see it in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, Angie, I could talk to you all day. I loved talking to you. I probably should let you get on with your day you probably are you've been so busy because of all this awards buzz and everything and I'm so so excited for you because your work is phenomenal I'm so happy that people are are recognizing it the way that it should be and celebrating it and I'm glad you're celebrating it Yes, yes. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to have you come on and talk about your period piece when it comes out too. Yeah, that one's gonna be that's actually a television show. Okay, so it's gonna be a bit long running, and uh, that'll be wonderful. Yeah, you'll probably want to talk about that one. I'll I'll, uh, when you find out what it is. I'm not announcing it yet because it hasn't been announced, and I'm on it. So I'm just you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I know the um the the way. It's like NDAs and and you hear about things and you're like, is it this thing? You know what I mean? In, in the industry. Yes, right. And you're like, um, should we have code words for this? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll know when we'll know. And I will be so excited to see your work again and hopefully have you back right. on. 
Thanks so much for joining us again, everybody. And if this was your first time, I hope you'll come back next week because we're talking to somebody who inspires me so much personally and who is one of the most glamorous women I know. She is the queen of the night herself, Diane Brill. And we're going to learn about how she got that name. And uh, I mean, this this conversation was like a night out. It was a much needed girls talk hour that boys you will enjoy as well. (laughs) I can't wait to share our wild conversation with you guys and some of these stories that uh, Diane shared. And we talk about Basquiat, Danceteria, Terry Mugler, Gaultier. We also talk about my lava lamp. So come back. Look Behind the Look is a Vinyl Foot production written by me, your host, Tiffany Bartok, produced by Jace Bartok, and produced and edited by Kelly Riley, with audio engineering by Nicole Tucker. If you're interested in learning more, find our video version on the YouTube channel Look Behind the Look podcast. There you can see rare photos and clips from our guests. And please follow us on Twitter at LookBehindPod and Instagram at LookBehindTheLook. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends and spread the word. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for listening to Look Behind the Look.